0: Welcome to a Thanksgiving installment of Jets Audibles. Eric Allen, joined by my partner, Chad Pennington, who actually is in an interesting location today. You're a trooper, Chad. Uh, The guys are telling me you are doing this podcast from an automobile, a car.
1: Well, Eric, I've always believed you do whatever it takes to win, right? So uh, I believed that when I played, and I still believe it now. So the kids are home. Thanksgiving break, uh, a little bit crazy in the house. I stepped into my car because I knew we wouldn't have any distractions.
0: All right, so what's the Pennington family doing for Thanksgiving?
1: Well, we are actually trying to enjoy a couple of days of not having any sports activities, uh, no school activities, and just uh, trying to recuperate from the fall with football and the beginning of basketball and then we will head to West Virginia on Wednesday to uh, enjoy the family for Thanksgiving.
0: Will the boys go out and play and have a Thanksgiving a game on the gridiron?
1: You know what? That's not a bad idea at all. I, I may even incorporate that into our family schedule. That's, that's a pretty good idea. The Thundering Herd plays Western Kentucky on Friday for the uh, East Division of the Conference USA Championship. So We will certainly be watching a lot of football, and and I'm sure they would uh, also be up for a football game. There's no doubt about it. They love it.
0: Did you guys ever do that uh, growing up, play a little football on Thanksgiving?
1: Uh, You know, I was was, uh, known in my family for playing football games by myself. We would actually go up and visit my grandparents in LaFollette, Tennessee, and I would go out in my sweatpants and have a football game by myself. Now imagine that, like you tackle yourself, you make great catches, you dive, you pick up fumbles, you make interceptions, and the most important thing, you always win. So it was a, it was a win-win situation for me.
0: Well, you, So I guess you were the star of the game. Uh, listen, uh, did you do a play-by-play while you were out there playing uh, football uh, against yourself?
1: No, no doubt about it. You've got to put, give a little commentating, play-by-play. Play, you know, with Pennington making the great catch, or Pennington scooping up the fumble, or intercepting the ball. You know, jumping over the pile for the touchdown. All those things that uh, really bring back great childhood memories.
0: All right, Chad. What's your message uh, for Jets Nation? Uh, the Green and White suffered another a tough defeat. A one-possession game there at the end, but unfortunately, they couldn't climb back. Into a tie with the Texans, and now they're five and five.
1: Well, if you, I think there's two perspectives here for Jet fans, and most importantly, there's two perspectives here for the team. Um, first of all, the inner perspective is, hey, the team is struggling, and and the team is trying to find a way to just get back into the win column. And so, the narrow perspective is to, is to think uh the world's coming to an end they're 5 and 5 they've lost four out of 5 they're certainly on a downward trend and as a team I don't think you can buy into all of that I think you've got to broaden your perspective and look at it big picture and look at the league look at where you are and say if we said we would be at 5 and 5 at the beginning of the season would we feel good that we could make a playoff run I think that uh answer to that question is yes we would feel good that we could make a playoff run right now you don't feel good about a playoff run because of where you are and how things started so from a team's perspective you always need to take the positive approach you can't the pessimism leads to complete breakdown of failure so you have to be optimistic and go okay yeah we've screwed this thing up uh, completely starting out four and one we're five and five but we are in the playoff hunt and so what can we do as a team to flush these 10 games, focus on these next six, and make a playoff run?
0: Isn't there a difference, and I keep on coming back to this because I was with Herm Edwards for five years, but isn't there a difference between perception and reality? Remember, I think a lot of people do remo- uh, forget the fact that the Jets finished 4-12 and last season. And... There was some talk in New York this week that, hey, the Jets are frauds. But, Chad, this team wasn't saying before they matched up with the New England Patriots that they were Super Bowl contenders. In fact, Todd, well, Bo- Todd Bowles has been the same way each and every week.
1: No question. I completely agree with that. And that's the big picture perspective you're talking about, is saying it's a team that was 4 12, had a lot of turnover, coaching change. Um, and then the early um, success of the team maybe have give, may have given a false perception out there that this team was ready. Now, as, as teammates and as individuals, you always believe you got a chance to play for a championship. There's no question about that. And they certainly, as an organization, made moves to take that next stride to start to play for championships and had some early success to lead you to believe that they could do that. And that's still possible. Uh, that, that is certainly not out of the realm of, of possibilities as far as being able to make a playoff run and get into the playoffs. But right now, the feeling obviously around town and, and as jet fans, you don't feel good about where you are because you have seen regression and not progression. So that that feeling out there is understandable. but as a team, you can't worry about that. You got to focus on. We are what we are. We're five and five. there's a reason we're five and five. Now, if we understand what those reasons are, and we understand that those things can be fixed, then we can change this scenario quickly. Ryan
0: Fitzpatrick told me last night on Inside the Jets, you have to ignore the noise. How difficult is that for you, the player, in a place like New York, to say, hey, whatever's going on on the outside, forget about it, we got to lock it up inside the locker room and find something we can hang our hat on right now.
1: Well, it, it's, it's very important. It's the most important thing when you play in New York, and that's why some players can survive and some players can't. Um, but there, there is, it's important to understand what ignore the noise means. In my opinion, ignore the noise means you, you, you ignore the things that really aren't relevant. your situation. But you cannot ignore the things that are relevant to your situation. And you cannot ignore the mistakes being made. You cannot ignore the same mistake being repeated. You cannot ignore the lack of production. And you have to look at those things, truly strip yourself down as an individual and as a team, analyze those and make a conscious effort to correct those things. So ignore the noise as far as the negativity out there absolutely but do not ignore the noise when it comes to uh... what are the real reasons we are struggling as a team and how do we fix those things
0: and what do you think are the real reasons that the jets have hit a rough patch here uh... in the middle of the year
1: well uh, offensively i think uh... the lack of big plays chunk plays i think that's what has reared its ugly head over the last few uh... Weeks is that um, you haven't had very many plays made down the field to make drives a little easier. um, To where uh, you can't survive in this league by having 14 play, 15 play drives every series. Defenses are too good, schemes and coordinators are too good to allow you to do that on a consistent basis. You have to have some chunk plays that turn a possible 14-play series into a 7-play series because you had a 40- or 50-yard game. And those plays have not been made. And, and I think that some of the younger players on offense, and some of the players that don't get their number called as often as the uh, typical players do, such as the Brandon Marshalls, the Chris Ivory, the Eric Deckers, those are the guys that need to step up and make a chunk play and make a, make a big-time catch, a big-time run, whatever it may be, to alleviate some of the stress that's put on an offense by trying to have it to produce those 14 or 15 uh, play series.
0: Uh, Fitzpatrick admittedly has said he hasn't played really well the past few weeks. From your perspective, what have you seen on film from the Jets veteran signal caller?
1: Well, I think number one, you got to really look at what he's been dealing with. Let's let's don't underestimate the guy. Just came off the surgery table ten days ago. Uh, he's been dealing with the torn ligament in his non-throwing thumb, and yes, we can say it's not his throwing hand, which is true. But at the same time, it's it's a major injury. It's something that can't be taken lightly. So, um, is there going to be a little bit different? Is there a difference in his play? Yes, and understandably so. That's where the team concept has to come in, and guys have to make tough catches. Guys have to make plays that they're not necessarily expected to make, because you have a leader in your offense that is is hurting, that is down, that that needs some help, that needs someone to step up and just take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Uh, you know, so that that's number one. I think is most important. Is when you have one of your best players. On one side of the ball or the other, that's down, uh, that's hurt a little bit. You, you've got to have other players step up and make up for that production. Secondly, I think, you know, I'll just like to see him protect himself a little bit better. I think these hits are starting to accumulate on him. And although I love his grittiness, I love his toughness, I mean, that really starts to compound itself as you get later on into the season. So think about a little bit of self preservation and realize that his availability. And his ability to lead his team is most important compared to getting an extra yard uh, on a quarterback run uh, and, and taking an unnecessary hit. And then finally, uh, just you know, staying stable, staying uh, committed. That's what he's going to be about. That's what will allow the Jets to persevere through this tough time is his stability and his uh, unwillingness to waver. I think that's most important in providing that stability for the team.
0: You talked about explosion plays down the field. Uh, Fitz threw a good deep ball to rookie Devin Smith, who unfortunately wasn't able to haul that pass in. Otherwise, that's a touchdown. And Devin Smith has had some struggles here in his rookie season. There's a lot of players doing the National Football League making that transition. And I'm not making excuses, but it's been a tough year for Devin because – First day of training camp. Basically, he goes out with not only a, a broken ribs, but he had a punctured, a, a, a lacerated lung, a punctured lung. Excuse me. And now you're seeing him trying to get back up to speed and get involved in the offense. And obviously, he's got some pressure on him. But what do you do as a quarterback when you see a guy, obviously, who's fighting it right now?
1: You continue to pump him up. You uh, work with him after practice. You, you do little things to create small victories. I think small victories and accountability habits create uh, later success. And so right now, for him, he's got to create some small victories throughout practice and throughout the week to build that confidence. You can't wait to make a play in a game and then say, okay, now I've got the confidence to do that. You do that throughout the week to build that commerce, because once you get to game day, it, it, we don't have time for that. So I, I think that's most important. I think the, the other learning tool or, or the, the, the lesson to be learned for younger players is that in, in the NFL, you don't get very many opportunities to make a difference. Uh, it's not like college or high school where you get multiple opportunities because you're running 90, 100 plays a game. It's 60 to 70 plays, Period. Uh, in an NFL game. And so this, the limited amount of opportunities that you get, you must convert. You must make. That's just the nature of the game. That It's not going to change. It's always been that way. Something that I had to learn as a young player. And so you hope that he starts to understand that, build those small victories in practice, work on those things, and then see that come to fruition. On game
0: day, lost uh, amidst the latest Jets defeat was the play of Bilal Powell back in the lineup for the first time, I believe, since the Washington game. He had a career high in receptions and receiving yards. Also showed a little spark in the running game. Uh, did you like what you saw out of uh, Bilal as he returned to the lineup?
1: No question, and and that's the type of small production that I'm talking about to take the pressure off. Chris Ivory. So Powell was able to do that and create some explosion plays, create some plays that keep drives alive instead of all being on number 33. Same thing in the passing game, the young receivers being able to step up, make a couple of plays to take the pressure off of Decker and Marshall. Those are the things that you're talking about and that's what Bilal Powell did in the game and and that's something that they had been missing uh, in the last few weeks and so it's nice to see and be able to step back into the lineup and be productive.
0: What do you think about the defensive effort? Uh, obviously these guys hold uh, themselves to a really high standard and their numbers are still very good and I I know teams throughout the league inside locker rooms aren't looking at total yards. They're looking at wins and losses, but you know, uh, they kept the Jets in the game early, but then you, you had a spot there where it was 10 to 10 after Fitz and Brandon Marshall got together for their seventh scoring connection on the season. And then Cecil Shorts and the Houston Texans uh, had a back-breaking drive on the ensuing possession.
1: Well, I think what you have started to see, and I think what the Texans did a really good job of, they said, look, we know that we're not going to make our living against the Jets' defense uh, four and five yards at a time and be consistent at that. They're too good to allow us to have those type of drives and create double-digit play series to to drive and and score touchdowns. And so they were able to be creative and take advantage of some personnel things and be creative with down-the-field shots. And you look at their three touchdowns that they had, uh, they were down-the-field shots. Uh, One of them was more of a creative trick play, um, and then the other two were actually down-the-field shots. So I think teams are saying, you know what, we can't be scared of the Jets' defense uh, in the fact that we've got to take these down-the-field shots. That's what's going to give us some breathing room. And even if we take six of them and only hit two, those are two big plays that give us some breathing room to then be able to punch it in. Because right now, the Jets' offense hasn't shown that they're going to put up 24 to 28 points a game. So a team's going in going, look, if we can score 17 to 20 points, We have a chance to really win this game. How do we do that? We create some down-the-field shots and take our chance.
0: Do you like what you saw out of Kelvin Pryor? He made a return to the lineup also. he was out since the New England game. Uh, You know, you can think about that pass defense in the first quarter. Uh, The the Texans lined up J.J. wide, wide, and they wanted to throw the fade to him, and Pryor was right there. And I thought – throughout the ball game uh, number twenty five was all over the place and he's uh, he's continued to impress me in his second season
1: well i think probably the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me eric was just his energy uh... i think that's important i think he he brought a renewed sense of energy uh... when he played and i think that's something that the team is missing because whether it be uh... just later in the season or it be the Um, intensity of the situation and the pressure of the situation that energy and that passion to play the game and just be out there and communicating being excited about what you're doing and not just going through your typical routine but truly being committed to what you're trying to get accomplished I think that was evident in in the way that he played on Sunday which I think is going to be important uh, moving forward throughout the next six games.
0: The Jets handled Miami across the pond, which seems months ago at this point. Uh, that was uh, both teams' fourth game, and the Jets actually moved to 3-1 and one, uh, with a rather convincing victory over the Dolphins there. Now the teams meet for a second time. Uh, what do you think about this Miami team who comes and visits the Jets and how different they might look?
1: Well, I think that their backs are against the wall. I think you have two teams that um, are in a similar situation. Uh, If we're splitting hairs here, uh, there's no doubt that Miami's back is completely against the wall. They have no room for error being at 4-6. and Um, They're still searching. Uh, They've had a little bit of success um, since the coaching change. I think they are a little bit of a different team than earlier in the year when the Jets played them. But it's, it's two teams that, that are just flat struggling to find a way to win a football game. And so, typically, this creates uh, one of the best matchups of the week uh, when you're looking at two teams that are struggling, they're fighting for their playoff lives, um, they're looking to you know be able to put an anchor in the ground and say, this is who we are and we're making this run, and you've got two teams in similar situations. So, it's certainly going to be a game that's going to have some fireworks, and it's going to be intense this is a playoff game for both teams.
0: On paper, the Jets should be able to get the run game moving against this team. The Dolphins have struggled throughout the year stopping the run. Chris Ivory went off against them in London, and last week the Cowboys got it moving on the ground against this Dolphins team who throughout this, the entire 2015 season have really uh, had a lot of holes in their defense, specifically against that running game.
1: Yes, they have. They certainly struggled. And when you look at them on paper, you you wonder why that they're you know having trouble in the run game. But you know, I think it's going to be a matter of will and and you know an offensive line against a defensive line, and just who, who wants it and who's going to execute better and who's going to be more tenacious and physical and and relentless. I think that's what it's going to boil down to. And uh, which, whichever offensive or defensive line takes it to the other, they're going to have the advantage and, and play with some enthusiasm and energy and uh, a little bit of nastiness and, and have a little vinegar in you to where you got to say, we've got to establish the line of scrimmage here. We, we This is a matter of will. This is a game that uh, doesn't necessarily come down to game plan as it comes down to just pure determination and want to of who's going to fight back and try to help their team get back into the playoff race.
0: The Jets are honoring the Super Bowl III team uh, during this ball game and also at halftime. Emerson Boozer and Matt Snell will officially be inducted into the team's ring of honor. Thoughts on Booze and Matt Snell uh, going uh, taking their places uh, on the Jets' all-time team.
1: Well, I think it's awesome, and I think that you know it's it's appropriate that it just so happens to be this week where you know the Jets are trying to find a way to to become a team that can um, compete for a world championship, and we're we're honoring a team that did win the ultimate prize and two players who were major contributors and really great Jet players during that era. So, I think it's a great time to be able to celebrate uh... their accomplishments and what they've been able to do and and uh... the type of players that they were you know when you watch them play and you see the old clips i mean they're just gritty they're determined they're just tough i mean they're what football players are supposed to be and i think it's a great time to celebrate them
0: and they were really ahead of their time because you think about uh... the nineteen sixties at that time a lot of teams weren't going to a backfield tandem and that was one of the pro football's real first true tandems as the jets used both of these guys in the passing game and the run game and as blockers as well
1: No question. I mean, they were very well-rounded. You know, now we have all of these specialists today and when you look at those two players, they are asked to do everything. And uh, that's certainly a dying breed in, in our game today uh whereas uh, in the past uh you look at two players like that i mean they were asked to do everything they were so versatile that they were capable of doing everything and and the team really counted upon them in every situation
0: now, i just want to get your thoughts real quickly on the jets uh waving of quentin Coples this week uh, he drafted uh, 2012 first round pick number 16 overall had 16 and a half sacks the last three seasons, but this year he really saw his playing time decrease, Chad. Obviously more of an inside pass rusher than anything, and he was playing the outside linebacker position, and the Jets have been using Lorenzo Maldon, a rookie out of Louisville, more and more in sub-situations.
1: Well, you know, you hate to see that happen, to players, uh, being a player myself, uh, you know, you know how difficult it is to compete and produce in this league and create longevity in this league. And I think he'll find another spot. Sometimes uh, you get players that are on teams, and you just have too many good players at one spot, and you can't keep them all. I've seen that with great receivers. Uh, you know, you see that with other players where they just finally find their niche with an organization. So, you know, the releasing of Quentin of doesn't mean that he can't play in this league. I don't think that it's an indictment upon him. It's just that he was on a team that had some really talented players in the same position that he was playing. So your hope is that, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a move by Coach Bowles where he's a former player, and, and he realizes that sometimes you have to make these business decisions, and sometimes these business decisions are actually good for the organization and also even better for the player to where he can go find another opportunity to be productive and another organization can use his skills uh, to its advantage so uh, I hope that this turns into a positive uh, for Clinton I- I've been on that uh, I've been in that situation being waves where my my services weren't wanted anymore by one organization but they were they were found to be very uh, beneficial to another organization so For him, you hope that he's got the right mindset and realizes that this isn't the end of the road. It could be just the beginning of another chapter in his NFL career.
0: Yeah, excellent point. Uh, Strictly business decision, as Todd Bowles said, and nothing to do with anything that was happening off the field. It became a numbers game. And as Bowles said this week, Chad, listen, we have a slew of players who play on the inside. And Quinton was a good guy well liked in the locker room, did a lot of fine things in the community throughout his tenure here, so everybody here wishes Quentin a lot of luck. Uh, So, final word from you, what's your uh, favorite Thanksgiving food?
1: Oh man, let's see, I am I love gravy, you know I'm a biscuits and gravy fan, so anytime we have a chance to have gravy on something, I'm all about it. So. Probably everything on my plate will have gravy on it. The turkey, the dressing, the mashed potatoes. Uh, it'll probably even get mixed in with the corn and the green beans. Whatever is on there, there will be gravy on my plate. I promise you that.
0: All right. For me, it's just fast forward to dessert because I'm a pumpkin pie guy. I can't wait for a little of that here on Thursday. Uh, buddy, uh, many blessings to you and your family. Enjoy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: You too. Happy Thanksgiving to all Jet fans.